0: Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You'll learn more about the program and our church when you download our free Living Truth app. Now, here's the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Ephesians 2, 19 through 22, called God's Household or My Father's House. I'm telling you, in case I don't
1: get there, how one ought to conduct himself in the household of God. And that speaks of the manner of life in which you live. This word points out our manner of life in personal relationships. This is very much in view because our character is best seen in our relationships. And Paul says, since you are a community that holds up the truth, I'm writing you so you may know how to conduct yourself. There's a certain expectation that flows from the relationship that we have in Jesus Christ. And since the church is the pillar in support of the truth, there's two uh, uh, um, edifices that we can think of. You can think of the temple in Jerusalem. But in Ephesus, there was a great wonder of the world, and it was the temple to Diana. And it had these huge columns. I think there was 127 of them, all donated by kings. And the edifice rose into the sky at Ephesus, and it was not only to hold it up, but it is also to make it visible. And that might have resonated with the citizens of Ephesus. They saw that structure all the time. The pillar, the support, they would think, hmm, it holds up the building, but what else does it do? It makes it visible. We, as a community of saints, are to make the truth visible to the world. That's what we do. And how do we do that, pray tell? By our conduct. Now, we preach the gospel, of course, as the way to salvation. That's always first and foremost. But Paul is talking about conduct here. See, the church is the pillar and support of the truth. That's what we're all about. We are all about love and truth. As a matter of fact, we are all about Jesus, the embodiment of love and truth. And so Philippians 1.27 says, only conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. So whether... Our I come and see you or remain absent, I may hear that you are standing firm in one spirit and with one mind striving together for the faith of the gospel. Colossians 4.5 says, Conduct yourselves with wisdom toward outsiders, making the most of the opportunity. Think of a household. It speaks of interdependence. You know, a household is supposed to help each other. So we each have things that we do in the household. And when the kids grow up, you say, now you need to learn how to mow the lawn. And now you need to learn how to wash the dishes. And now you need to learn how to do your laundry. And now you need to learn how to get me the remote control. (laughs) Anybody implementing that in their household? Right? And there is an interdependence in the household. There is a love in the household. Within the household, there is the tight-knit quarters where we have to learn to be patient with each other. And to forgive each other. And to see the best in each other. And to encourage each other. That is what the household of God is all about. To realize that we are all in process. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. We are built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Jesus is the chief cornerstone. Now the cornerstone, many of you are familiar with that image. F.F. Bruce says... And go back to Ephesians, and we'll finish it. He believes the phrase "a tested stone" in the Isaiah prophecy about the cornerstone really means a stone of testing, i.e., that it tested the building to show whether it was built to the architect's specifications. I remember hearing a story by a pastor. I can't remember who it was, but. He said that he had come upon this church building and someone was showing him the beauty of the building. But what he didn't see was a couple years before it, there was a major earthquake and the foundation of the building had somehow shifted and cracked and the building actually was about to be condemned. It looked beautiful on the outside, but its foundation was shaky. And the church cannot have a shaky foundation. You remember Jesus gave us the example of two people. He said, I'm going to tell you about two different people. They both hear my words. One man acts upon my words. One man doesn't. The first man is like a man upon whom he built his house upon what? The rock. When the storm came and the winds blew and it got pounded upon by rain and wind, that house, even though it got beat on, did not fall. I'm going to show you a second man. He's a man who listens to the same words that I preach, yet he does not act upon them. He's like a man who built his house upon the sand. and When the rain came and the storms came and the floods came and beat against that house, that house fell and great was its fall. You can have a beautiful edifice. It can look nice, but if its foundation is shaky, when the storm comes, it will fall and great will be its crash. You see, Paul is saying, yes, it is about community, but it is also about something else. It's about the truth. And the church is at a real crossroads, especially in the United States. Because now, with the devaluing of truth, with the rising up of the the moral challenges to the church, the emergent church, Um, All these things that are questioning how important is truth to the church. Should we really argue about doctrine? Well, now it really comes down to what the foundation is. And if the foundation is removed, then the house is going to fall. And great will be its crash. See, when the winds blow, we talk uh, quite a bit uh, among ourselves about end times prophecy. Okay, we don't know if we're the last generation. But imagine if we are. Do you think that the church of Jesus Christ, I'm talking about the, as a whole, the professing church is ready to deal with persecution in the United States? Amen. Front row, second row. If you can't live for him now, how are you going to die for him? People are talking about this major revival in the last days. Folks, I don't know. I don't know that we're going to have a major revival. I'd like to think so, but I don't know. And so here we are, we're at a place now where we have to look at the structure. We've been built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets. They received the New Testament, remember? Christ Jesus is the cornerstone, uh, the stone from which the rest of the building was fitted, in whom, now it's speaking about in Christ, look at 21 Ephesians 2, the whole building being fitted together is growing. And here's our third image, it's a temple into a holy temple in the Lord. Now, we have this final image. We have had citizenship, we've had family, and now we have the temple of God. And from the cornerstone, the rest of the building is being fitted from it. But if the cornerstone isn't there, how can the rest of the building be fitted from a missing cornerstone? Are you with me? How can the church be aligned to the things that the cornerstone laid down if we remove Him from the building? You know, in Revelation 3, there's an image of Jesus on the outside of His church saying, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and sup with him and he with me. And as much as I appreciate the fact that that's been preached at many evangelistic crusades, especially by Billy Graham, that was written to the church. Jesus on the outside of the church saying, Would anybody hear my voice? My sheep hear my voice and they follow me. Now from him or in him, the whole building, look at 21, being fitted together is growing into a holy temple in the Lord. We are, from the foundation of Christ, from the doctrine of Christ, we are being fitted together into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, NIV, that is in Christ, context from verse 20, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. This idea of being fitted together means to be rendered close, joined together. In other words, Jesus is building the church from the foundation, brick by brick. He's building us. He has a place for you in the building. And no, you're not just another brick in the wall, as the, whoever sang that song. But you are a vital part of what God is doing. We have... In every church that is about the business of God, we are in an ongoing building program. Now, sometimes we hate building programs, don't we? It's an inconvenient building program. About, some churches have the thermometer. Here we go. We're going to go to the next level now in the building program. Oh, we're doing a building program. But well, we're not talking about a physical building here, although we may get to that at some point. But, and we know we're not going to do thermometers if we build a building, by the way. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about we may need to build a new building, but we'll talk about that later. But here's the deal: we are in an ongoing building pro- program to build spiritual people. Turn to First Peter chapter two. Look at First Peter two. Look at verse four. First Peter two four. And coming to him, as to a living stone rejected by men, but choice and precious in the sight of God. You also, 1 Peter 2.5, as living stones are being built up as a spiritual house for a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Verse 6, 1 Peter 2. For this is contained in Scripture. Behold, I lay in Zion a choice stone, a precious cornerstone, and he who believes in him shall not be disappointed. This precious value then is for you who believe. But for those who disbelieve, the stone which the builders rejected, this became the very cornerstone, and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. For they stumble because they are disobedient to the word, and to this doom they were also appointed. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness, into his marvelous light for you were once you once were not a people but now you are the people of God you had not received mercy but now you have received mercy and now God is placing us in the house brick by brick and stone by stone that we might be glorifying to him
0: you'll hear more from pastor michael in a moment Pastor Michael Lance would like to invite you to our next 633
1: event called On the Brink, A Warning to America. I can't think of anything more relevant and more that needs explanation and clarification and illumination than the topic of Marxism, socialism, and communism. The next 633 event will be August 22nd at 630 with guest pastor Christian Ionesco. He's a Chicago pastor who fled persecution in communist Romania and really became a religious refugee in America. Now, he is saying that he is seeing signs in America, similar things that were happening in Romania as they were being prepped to really transfer over to communism. Learn more about this next 633 event on walkintruth.com or call 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH or visit walkintruth.com.
0: Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even
1: watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today.
0: We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance right here on Walkin' Truth. Look at
1: First Peter 2, look at verse 4. First Peter two four. And coming to him as to a living stone, rejected by men but choice and precious in the sight of God, you also, first Peter two five, as living stones are being built up as a spiritual house for a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Verse six first Peter two. For this is contained in Scripture. Behold, I lay in Zion a choice stone, a precious cornerstone, and he who believes in him shall not be disappointed. This precious value then is for you who believe. But for those who disbelieve, the stone which the builders rejected, this became the very cornerstone, and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. For they stumble because they are disobedient to the word, and to this doom they were also appointed. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. For you, were once, you once were not a people, but now you are the people of God. You had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. And now God is placing us in the house, brick by brick and stone by stone, that we might be glorifying to him. Now back to Ephesians chapter 2, final verse. In whom, in Jesus now, we are being built together for one purpose. Do you know what our purpose is? At the end of all of this, imagery about citizenship and about family and about a temple structure, what is the point? What's the point of the building program of God? It's answered in verse 22. In Him you also are being built together into what? A dwelling of God in the Spirit. I'm going to read the NIV and the ESV. And in Him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by His Spirit. In Him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God, ESV, by the Spirit. In other words, God's purpose in His building program is that He might dwell among His people. Now think with me. When Moses erected the tabernacle, the glory of God came down for all to see. When Solomon dedicated the temple, the Shekinah glory came down for all to see. And now, since there is no temple, you and I have become what? The temple of the living God. Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, that you've been bought with a price? Therefore, glorify God in your body. When we come together... We come together as the body of Christ and each one of us have a special association with the head Jesus built upon the foundation of the doctrine and we all have a special sealing together. We have all been sealed with the Holy Spirit and when we come together with all those individual lights, guess what? We shine. That's right. We're, as the VeggieTales put it, real shiny. And so people come in here and maybe you have a group of Christians that you're with and they got to put on their, their shades. back like, jeez. You know, like, ah! Like the witch. I'm melting! Anyway. But if all prophesy and an unbeliever or ungifted man enters, he is convicted by all, he is called to account by all. The secrets of his heart are disclosed. And so he will fall on his face, worship God, and declare... God is certainly among you. You know, our deep desire when anybody walks in this place with any question mark in their soul about whether or not they know God is that they would say, Surely God is among those people. And that's why, friends, brothers and sisters, that's why God is building us because He wants it to be evident that we are a dwelling place of His Spirit. He wants that to be evident to backslidden Christians who walk in here and sometimes they have a bad experience or they've been away for years and maybe their excuses are lame to us, but they walk in and they have a very dim view of the church and then they see the light. And they go, wow, wait, there is something genuine here. This isn't a phony plastic smile. David Hawking one time said, talked about touring some Mormon buildings with Mormon people, and the one thing that he came away with is that they all had phony plastic smiles. It's like they were forcing it to be religious. You know, when somebody's forcing it, you can just tell, it ain't natural, you know what I'm saying? You're just like, what in the world was that? They just kind (laughs) of, camera comes on. You're like, what is going on? But when it's natural, when the love of God is just flowing through an individual... Man, it's attractive. It's actually what Paul said is the difference between death and life. The difference between a community that was once dead in sins and trespasses and now has been made alive. It's the difference between those who are dead and those who are resurrected to life. I mean, shouldn't people notice that? If a bunch of alive people are come in, are together and they're dead and they walk in? Shouldn't they notice that? You'd think so, right? There's going to be something different. When I first walked into a Christian church, I thought everybody was bananas. And I'm being serious. I grew up Roman Catholic. They all had Hawaiian shirts on. Uh, they were raising their hands, and I thought these people have collectively lost their minds. It wasn't, uh, like, like, I just remember looking around the church and being freaked out. Like, I have to get out of here. But it was long rows. I was at a Calvary Chapel on a Monday night. I couldn't get out gracefully, so I decided to stay. I don't even know what was preached on that night. <laughs> I just just kept thinking these people. I don't know if they all drink the same thing. It was like a. But you know what? I discovered about a year later. I became one of them. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I started carrying my Bible around, and I started preaching this gospel, and I started to discover. You know what? They're alive. In Christ. They're a dwelling place for the Most High God. They are God's citizens. Bow your hearts with me. God's family, God's temple. Father, thank you for what Paul teaches us here in Ephesians chapter 2. It's wonderful. The imagery is wonderful. It's so special to know that we can be a people aglow with the Spirit of God, shining into a world that so desperately needs to see the light of God just as you did in the tabernacle and later the temple, now you do in the new community where you decide to reside in us. It's such an awesome thing. It's such a fantastic thing that you live in me and in your church. And when your church comes together and we worship and we love each other and the truth of the word of God is held up, it becomes something that is Uh, such a beautiful testimony of who you are. And we want to keep that, Lord. We want that to be pure, as pure as it can be with the the, uh, imperfections that we have. So help us, Lord, to allow your spirit to fill us afresh so that we might radiate for you in this world. I just pray for those that are here right now, Father, that um, you would give them the mercy that they need to know that they belong to know that they are part of your great building program, that they've been called out of darkness into light and that they may proclaim the excellencies of of him who called them Jesus Christ himself. If you're not a Christian tonight, you're not sure if you're born again, you can be sure. Just keep your heart and head bowed. It's something like this and I would encourage you to pray it out loud. Lord Jesus, come into my life. I believe you died on the cross. I believe you rose again from the dead. Make me part of this new community of saints. Make me your child. Make me a citizen of heaven. Lord, thank you for those who may be praying that. If you've been away for a while, maybe you've just been backslidden or whatever the case may be, maybe you felt like you didn't belong, you do. And you can come back tonight. And I just pray that the Lord will give you the words to articulate to him and just to know that he welcomes you back and father, for the rest of the saints, may you just bless and strengthen their lives in Jesus name. Amen.
0: You've been listening to God's household or my father's house, part three on walk in truth. And that was the conclusion of pastor Michael's teaching in Ephesians two, 19 through 22. Don't forget, if you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Walk in Truth is on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and we'd love to connect with you. It's great to meet our listeners, and not everyone can visit the church here in Corona, California, although we recommend you do. But either way, please connect with Walk in Truth on social media. And thanks. Now here's Pastor Michael. Well, I don't know about you, but family
1: is a really important thing in my life and you know some of you may have very little family some of you may have lost your entire family some of you may have a family that's out of the area and I know it can't it can sometimes be a tough topic but church family is everywhere so here's the good news no matter what's happened in your family, maybe you've been through a divorce maybe you have been somehow alienated from your family. Church families everywhere. Find a good Bible teaching church. Plug in and uh, don't expect perfection. When you come, it won't be perfect anyway. (laughs) That's kind of a joke, but you get it, right? There's no perfect church, but, you know, make sure you you find a solid Bible teaching church. And then when you get there, start to serve. Start to act like one of the family. Because they are family. If you're a Christian and it's a church full of Christians, then you're family. And that's the implication of this message, is we're God's household. This is what he calls us, and we pray that he helps us to love each other as family. Hey, so glad you're listening to Walk in Truth. This is Pastor Michael. Hey, if we can help you in any way, you can reach out to us at walkintruth.com. Prayer requests. Hey, if the program's been a blessing to you, we'd love to know walkintruth.com. Hey, we're going to be talking about the mystery of the church tomorrow in Ephesians chapter three. Pray for us, please. Invite a friend. Thank you for supporting us. And we'll see you right
0: here tomorrow. And one more reminder that Walk in Truth is a listener-supported program. Thanks to listeners and church partners like you, we're now on three more radio stations. So praise God about that. Hey, if you're a longtime listener, please become a partner of at least $5 a month. You can visit walkintruth.com to donate or call 844-48-TRUTH. And join us tomorrow for Pastor Michael Lance's teaching in Ephesians chapter 3 called The Mystery of the Church. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.